I didn't think we'd ever be in this spot. At least I hoped we wouldn't. It's not like we didn't think we would be here, especially after Trump was elected. But when I first entered the movement, I thought maybe access would fall in Mississippi. That's what we were preparing for in 2012, 2013, is that we would lose access in a state. When Texas had access issues back in 2012, 2013, every state around Texas was impacted, right? Now, multiply that with by 13 states, the chaos that is going on right now. Everybody, welcome to the Bituation Room podcast live stream here on the weekend of America's birthday, the saddest birthday of America ever. Will it be the last one? I mean, it'll still age. I mean, but this is just like it's like you know we we know yeah yeah there might also be an America's death day at some point. Is that's what I'm saying. true. That's true. This is it's more like democracy is gone. It's yeah, like, America will live on post-democracy even if it's a like fascist dictatorship it'll still be america right and essentially be the same right except for she she should have died maybe or yeah yeah anyways we love america happy america's birthday to everyone out there who uh celebrates by eating barbecue and drinking a lot of booze until you can't feel your feelings anymore Mm -hmm. and you and you uh blow off part of like some of your digits yes you know what best way to celebrate america strap a bunch of fireworks to your private parts and just mm-hmm. blow them off because uh and hug mitch mcconnell oh, on your way dude, out yes i like that the kind of like patriotic suicide vest is it yeah is joke it, exactly all a joke all a joke lawyers is it terrorism JK. if it's also patriotic that's such a good question like if you're celebrating america yeah it's not terrorism if you do it with fireworks <laughs> it's immediately becomes an act of patriotism um that voice is the voice and face of mr matt lieb of pod yourself a gun of good mythical morning of news broke uh baby daddy baby my, daddy husband my husband mm-hmm. now my husband my wife you yeah. know from Borat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My husband else? from Melania mm-hmm. Trump. I don't know. Um, we are super excited. Look, was Matt my first choice this weekend? No. No. Was what, was he my second? No. Mm-mm. Third? No. Nope. It was, she went through the entire Rolodex. Twelfth? Before she was like, Matt. Tenth. Stop playing Horizons Forbidden West. Yes. And please come on my podcast. I was like, okay, I guess I will. But let me tell you, Horizon Forbidden West, great game. Good God. Please don't. Okay. Please don't. That Otherwise, that's going to be the thing I'm bitching about. Um, <laughs> we also have Lori Bertram Roberts. Bertram mm-hmm. Roberts. I'm going to get that right. Uh, Executive Director of the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, um, formerly of Yellowhammer Fund, who is going to be joining us to talk about the state of clinics and and small independent grassroots funds like Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund um what is going on in the wake of the Dobbs decision in the wake of overturning Roe v Wade how what are people on the ground saying uh and and where do we focus our energy for this next bit of fight slash lifetime of fight ahead of us um but it's a it's a solemn week this this is definitely sort of like we're we're in mid death spiral yep. of american democracy yeah shit sucks uh-huh and i'm like 
And I think we're all just like, maybe we can like Batman hook our way out of it, you know, like that like little grappling sh- hook. Yeah. Grappling. Hook. Yeah. With the bat in the end. Yeah. 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 yeah like shoot our way out of that. Yeah. Possibly. But really, we're probably just going to be kept down in the hole like yeah. uh, like the woman in Silence of the Lambs and like we have to steal Precious the dog. Right. And just threaten to, to break its leg. Yeah. And s- until the fascists go, Precious, <laughs> give me back my fucking dog. Yeah, that's what we want. I don't even know what this metaphor is anymore. I don't even know what it is I just is enjoy either. doing an impression of Buffalo Bill. Uh, well, if you're here, make sure you are liking the stream. You're sharing it right now with all your people. You are subscribing on Twitch. You're giving the podcast five stars. I read every single review, and it means the world. Um, we also have a Patreon on the show. Hell yeah. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. You get access to bonus content every single day episode hell yeah so today we're going to be talking about mr jordan peterson mm. uh who was kicked off of twitter for uh being some cool as shit r- really fragile comments <laughs> of course about this time about elliot page um and just his thoughts over overall on trans people and it's gonna be a little bit of a theme today a part of a theme and he had just the most epic meltdown and you need to Watch and we will react and we'll discuss. Um, has he tapped into something in American culture? Definitely, uh, that's what he's known for tapping yes. into people's need for someone to see a grown man cry over, you know, Disney movies. That's yeah, his favorite someone thing, someone living do. their life. Yeah, uh, but but also, I wanted to let everybody know that, um, the habituation room is moving. That's right, we're not moving. In terms of we're not leaving the internet. Yeah. Uh, still going to be here. Still at Franny Fio on YouTube and Twitch. Still same studio. Still same studio. But on Tuesdays. That's right. We're going to be streaming on Tuesdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific. That is 4 to 5 30. It'll be longer than 1 to. Anyway, it'll start at 1, is we'll what I'm trying to say. One Pacific it'll start stand. at 4 Eastern. You do the math for mountain and other time zones. Who knows about mountain time? Is mountain I don't even know what mountain central? time is. Are they the same thing? No, they're not. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mountain time is central time, but you add like, you know, the time it takes to come around the mountain. Mm. Like she'll be coming around the mountain Absolutely. when she comes? Oh, okay. And when she comes. Um, that's, that's obviously, you can look that up. Um, but so Tuesdays, Tuesdays, middle of the day, it'll be fun. So you get me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, if you watch TYT as well, it'll be good. But you know, uh, mama we, needs her Sundays back. We need I need to, to get be alive. Sunday, you know, that's the thing right now. We're missing two wonderful get togethers because we are like, we got to give content. I got, I got invited. We got invited to a pool party. No big deal. Another party. No big deal. Yeah. Two, um, two parties. It's a body of water. Yeah. Ever heard of it? It's like man-made yeah uh-huh. it's pretty sick and uh we couldn't go because we we're like you know what the people got to hear your thoughts and <laughs> the people have to be fed their the piggies need their slop as the Matt piggies would say. need their slop and hashtag oink oink piggies <laughs> i hope you're uh <laughs> what do you call it um you know your your listeners don't get offended by me calling them piggies no, my, my listeners on my podcasts they love it so yeah. Just know it's a term of respect. It is. And f- so the biggies know, I mean, the 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 wonderful, the oinkers, I'm sorry. Frantiva. So, so the Frantiva knows we're moving to Tuesdays, not starting for a while. You got time. We're starting in August. So August 
Ninth uh, is our first show. August 9th. Last show on Sundays is July 31st. August 9th is our first show on a Tuesdays. Put it in your calendar. Be forewarned. Um, and also, please, guys, if you guys are patrons, you also get access to the Ask Me Anything. Please send me those questions. Um, I hope to do one this week. I'm looking actually at Tuesday, this Tuesday at noon. Send me those questions. I don't have very many. It's been a couple. We have You've got two days. Send them in. I'm excited to read them. We always have a good uh, conversation. And when I say we, I mean me with myself. And you guys sometimes. Um, (laughs) And with that, let's get into everything. Holy shit. You guys are here. It's July 3rd. It's wonderful. Wherever you are. Wonderful week. Wonderful week to be an American. This is What Are You Bitching About? Matt Lieb, what are you bitching about? I am bitching about uh, Victor Orban. Ooh. Yeah, and just kind of the state of uh, America and American conservatism as it relates to Hungary. Uh, I just finished this article that was recommended by uh, our friend Aaron uh, about how it's in the New Yorker. It's basically about how uh, American conservatives are obsessed with Viktor Orban and how they are going to... uh, basically try to enact the same level of like kind of technocratic fascism and slow, um, you know, descent into authoritarianism that he's doing over there. And as I was reading the article, I realized, um, yeah, this is exactly what's happening. Is it, was it slow in Hungary? Well, it's, it it was slow in that he enacts um, legal means. He finds technically legal ways to get gain more and more power and you see the same kind of uh kind of like using legal means in the system against itself in Mm -hmm. order to gain more power it's like exactly what the republican party has made their mission for the last couple of decades just like finding ways to get around things like popular votes finding ways to uh stop a you know obama appointed a Supreme Court justice so that they could ram their own person through having those people vetted so that they are specifically loyal to the president and party that put them in power, like stuff like that, where you're just like, Oh shit, we're doing that. Yeah. And, um, but everyone in Hungary is like great though. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, all things are great, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all so long as you're not gay or, you know, Muslim or Jewish or Jewish or, uh, you know, as long as you are part of the, you know, like ethnic Magyar people, then yeah, you are, you're, you're all good. And if there's any problems, then they'll just be like, ah, he's probably not really Hungarian anyways. It's a shit sucks. And I, I kind of hate to see America turning into Hungary because of all the like weird Eastern European like states to turn into like Hungary. Come on. It's just so this is the la- at least Austria. Like, what are we doing? Oh, Hungary? Yeah. yeah. They're neighbors too. And Austria's Yeah. Austria at least has Vienna. Budapest. Eat my ass. <laughs> Sorry. It's a, it's a shit, shit city in a shit country deal with it except for anyone of your listeners who's from budapest in which case it's a beautiful place with great history soros is paying him to say all of that yes i love george soros soros all day so i'm bitching about something um (laughs) uh that we may touch on a little bit later but i feel like now that um 
Pride Month is over. Mm. Some people are taking that way too uh, close to heart. And um, in what way? In the way that they're just deciding, yep, now it's time to actually agree with the right wing mm. about how trans people mm. are just in the way. And they, uh, they're so uppity and and loud and so don't kill me blah. like they're like my favorite liberal pastime throwing marginalized groups that are unpopular under the bus exactly. for short term non gains. One of those gains is uh, getting your opinion column written up in the New York Times. That's a gain. It's career gains. That's why they do it. This is Pamela Paul writing the far left, the far right, and the far left agree on one thing. Women don't count. And this oh, boy. Just came out. And, and you guys understand this is in the wake of the Dobbs decision, in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This is pretty much during Pride Month. And effectively, you could probably um, guess where she's going with this. But the article, the op-ed is mostly about how <sighs> both the far right and the um, – the far right doesn't care about women, obviously. Let's see what they're doing in terms of civil rights and mm-hmm. abortion rights, etc. Um, but the left also doesn't care about women because they can't even say woman. They uh, are intent upon saying things like pregnant people. Um, and that is actually destroying the movement and the cause. And if it weren't for that language, mm-hmm. women would have their rights now. And um, obviously, if you can't hear from my voice and the sarcasm in it, I, I take issue with that idea. That so it's turf shit. It is 100% turf shit. But what's worse about it is that this person is so dumb and turfs generally are so dumb that they don't understand that in making this what they see as a middle of the road argument <laughs> about how we shouldn't be inclusive in terms of our language when it comes to reproduction and reproductive rights, that they are actually just carrying water for the right. That's it, all they're doing. They're, you're just making oh. Tucker Carlson talking points. Mm-hmm. And and if if you don't believe me, watch this woman get dragged on Twitter and watch Tucker Carlson straight up put her on television this week, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and because you know what, those two things—the far right and the far left—agree on one thing: women don't count. Far right and far left are doing completely different things. The far left is literally people on Twitter who are getting, who are getting, you're getting mad at. Yeah, that's all. It's literally just Twitter people. That's that's what you're mad at—that yes. people on Twitter were mean to you. Whereas the far right, in a, it's completely not comparable. To yeah. the fact that they literally made it like they overturned Roe v. Wade. How is it? No, exactly. Mm. And and this is exactly the kind of distraction that the the linguistic and rhetorical distraction that the right feeds on. This is the actual culture war. And, yeah. and let, let's let's just be honest. Like, yes, abortion rights disproportionately impact women. Yes, it's about women's bodies. Can you say the word woman? Yes. Yes. Everyone's still saying women. Yeah, this is like th- no one in no way. Yeah. And and yeah, okay, look, if someone's like calling you in and saying, "Hey, can we say pregnant people or can we include, you know, um people who can get pregnant or something like this or like trans, you know, trans men, etc., 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 or people who don't identify as women but have uteruses, that's fine. But that does not in any way and people and we will hear from Lori on this that does not eclipse 
the amount of fucking work and the shit that is going on right now in in any way. It mm-hmm. does not change the fact that the Supreme Court has utterly rolled back 50 years of progress mm-hmm. in this country. It does not change. It does not change anything. And it is not a distraction. Yes. The only so, people who care about this stuff are people who their entire existence within any kind of activism or caring about a movement is commenting. That's all it is. Yes. And so if all you do is make comments, tweets or bullshit op-eds online, yeah, you're going to be like, wow, what's going on here? I said women and people tweeted mean stuff at me or it's like, that's it. It's because they're not in those spaces. And they arguably didn't even tweet mean stuff at you. And again, no yeah. one is not saying wo- women yeah. or woman. That is a complete right wing or- narrative. Like. Yeah. What is a woman? It's literally the name of like a right wing. That's uh, what the right always. They'll just respond like, what is a woman? Yeah, define you can't women. Even, define women. You can't even say it, can you? <laughs> no, bitch, we can say it. And we say it all the time. So yeah. I just, that is, again, like Matt said, elitists who are out of touch, mistaking online commentary mm-hmm. for reality. Yes. And, and just please stop. Yeah, because you're buying into this entire distraction narrative that the right loves to do, because that's their favorite thing is to rile people up against trans people, against Muslims, against whoever the hell is being like, hey, uh, something's going on here that is distressing and we need to fix it, is the right wing goes, look at these annoying people trying to, you know, cancel you online. It, yes. It's just like don't buy into the narrative. I, no, and 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 then like the last thing I'll say is, I mean, if if it me- makes any like when we defend the people with the least rights who are the most trampled, who are the most brutalized, mm-hmm. we defend all of our rights. And yep. if if the rollback on Roe v. Wade was not clear enough, it's like, yeah, when you defend people who are pregnant lives, you defend all reproductive life. You know, mm-hmm. when you defend re- reproductive rights, you're defending families when you're defending family. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on and on. So stop, you know, stop uh, thinking that this is a distraction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're only, if you're only futzing on language, I think you're, it's obviously your politics is broke, <laughs> but if you're doing the work, which I would argue many people who are trans inclusive are doing the work, um, and people who have that inclusive language are doing the work, then hell yeah, that's what we need. We yeah. need to protect everybody. Um, and, and just stop, just stop getting distracted by this other bullshit. Yeah. Um, but anywho, we got to get into the week. Many things happen. I picked only a few and then we'll get into the main stories. Um, R Kelly got 30 years in prison, um, in part for, human trafficking, um, assault, <laughs> rape, etc., which will make him about 85 when he gets out, if he makes it that long. But I believe he can die Damn. in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> after West Hollywood decided to cut four sheriffs in exchange for 30 public safety workers, O.J. Simpson is speaking out against the, quote, defunding of the police. <laughs> Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which goes to show the only people who still trust police are the ones who trust them to not do their jobs. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) The juice is loose, baby. He's done with this defunding the police crap. Amazing. Um, Rudy Giuliani, fresh off being patted on the back slash assaulted, mm-hmm. in his words, is teaming up with Mike Lindell of MyPillow to sell sandals for $50 a pop. 
The sandals um, have a classy but chill vibe, as if to say, I'm on house arrest, but in a mansion. You know, you should check them out. I saw that he closed down the comment section on that one because <laughs> he tweeted it out and then he just got laughed at by maybe a million people. And so it just made it worse because everyone just quote tweeted. It was great. I love watching people go from like, they can't even sell snake oil anymore. They're just like, I have some shoes. Literally, he's a week away from just selling oranges to people. <laughs> I hope he opens a food truck. I would sell more. I would like more likely to buy oranges. Yeah. You probably... But they would be $35. Yeah, for, like, exactly. Six. Yeah. <laughs> um. And educators in Florida are floating a proposal to refer to the slave trade as, quote, involuntary relocation. And <sighs> by that standard, John Wilkes Booth was having a bad day. Mm -hmm. uh, the conquest of the American West is just a game of no backsies mm. that ended, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Hitler invaded Poland, he was getting his yayas out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the, you got to do it. The Trail of Tears was just hiking. Doing a nice hike. For everything else, this is The Week Where. So this was The Week Where the January 6th committee had its sixth hearing, which was a surprise emergency hearing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people speculated who would be called to testify. I thought it was going to be some documentarian. I thought it was going to be Kanye. Matt thought it was going to be Kanye. You never know. Um, and no, it was a woman by the name of Cassidy Hutchinson, who is an aide to the chief of staff, Mark Meadows. And she had testified before in private to the January 6th committee. And this was a public hearing. They delayed, um, telling people that it was her in part for her own safety because, you know, a woman in America and she had some pretty intense revelations and, the stuff that I want to focus on is has nothing to do with him throwing a plate of food across the wall, um, which uh, a lot of mainstream outlets are like, there was ketchup on the wall. He's so unhinged. <laughs> Don't we miss him from the White yeah. House? Honestly, they are that horny for him to They're come back. so horny. They just like, because, you know, he's, he's just out there throwing cheeseburgers at people and you're just like, like man uh, what a fun guy he was doing a lot of crazy look, shit they're just like the clicks that we can the get clicks from on this. him throwing shit against the wall yeah but i want to focus on uh truly what has sort of dawned on me which mm. is how close we were to a forced uh takeover of power or a coup if you will um because trump you know we've always been thinking like you know, that fool was a coward, right? Like he was riling up his people on January 6th, the mm -hmm. Stop the Seal rally, but he didn't go there. Yeah. He was like, I'll be right behind you. you right. Know, see you later. And then he just went and watched it on TV. That's what we thought he just wanted to do. Which makes it's That works as it, a narrative. It makes sense as Trump sort of very ego-driven, doesn't want to get his hands dirty, mm -hmm. etc. But it seems like he actually did want to be there. Of course, his hands still very clean. He would have been hoisted or crowd surfing among them. <laughs> But he wanted to get to the Capitol on that day. And we know that because uh, Cassidy Hutchinson testified to as much, I believe. And I hope this is the right clip. Um, here she is talking about how he wanted to get there so much. He almost tried to grab the wheel of the car that he was in being driven by a Secret Service agent. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president 
take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, Sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Okay, so. I love it. Trump, Trump's d- dirty baby hands. His little hands trying to choke out a Secret Service agent. <laughs> <laughs> Just grab it at him. <laughs> it's great. Like a T-Rex trying Just to. Just having them to have like a little fight like this. Amazing. Amazing. And um, so this was him. I mean, like now Secret Service, to their credit, I don't know. They want to testify. Mm-hmm. They want to give their version of the story. And I'm like, let them testify. I, I, I want to hear, hear it. Yeah. I want to know what happened. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to imagine in that late state of, of, of like, you know, you're there, you're in, like, she's top, she's getting a, the lowdown from the Secret Service agent. You know, you got Mark Meadows, you've got Pat Cipollone, you've got these other lawyers. At that point, morally, aren't you in this state, of, like, when you're working for Trump of being like, okay, I justify this to myself. He's a noble man. He's a good man. This is my job. He's doing all the things right. Like, in what world would someone have made that up? To then relay to her yeah. about how it, it sounds like it was more of a yo, you will never yeah. fucking guess what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and of course the right is saying she's lying. Again, this is a woman who's 26 years old. She has everything to lose by testifying. Yeah. There is no cushy job waiting for her after this shit. Yeah. She is a Republican after all. I bet I disagree with her on literally everything Literally else. everything in the world. And who knows if she's one of those Republicans who'd be like, but I'd probably vote for him again. You 100%. Know? You know that that's the case. I mean, I don't know with her specifically, but literally everyone who's been testifying against Trump, who is a Republican, who's literally been in the room while he's like, what if I just take over America? They've been like, well, yeah, I'd vote for him again. I mean, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want a communist in office. Exactly. <laughs> they, they might try to be a dictatorship, do a coup. It's like, what the no, fuck? I wouldn't want health care for everyone. Oh, my God. I mean, my stock portfolio, very fragile. So no. this is this is the physical implication. He wanted to go there trying to grab. I'm the president. <laughs> Just give me the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, give me the wheel. Then uh, he made the duck face, but he forgot to pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Um, and if that weren't enough, um, we know also from her testimony that he that Trump knew that people were armed. He knew what he said verbatim, they're not here to kill me. They're not going to hurt me. Yeah. So what are you guys doing? Don't worry about it. You'll die. You'll die. I'm cool. You'll die. And this is what Pat Cipollone, who was one of uh, Trump's lawyers, actually told Cassidy Hutchinson about going to the Capitol, saying, no matter what happens on January 6th, do not let him or you or any of us go to the Capitol. Mr. Cipollone said something to the effect of, Please make sure we don't go up to the Capitol, Cassidy. Keep in touch with me. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if we make that movement happen. And do you remember which crimes 
Mr. Cipollone was concerned with? In the days leading up to the 6th, we had conversations about potentially obstructing justice or defrauding the electoral count. So not only does his top lawyer know about Trump wanting to get to the Capitol, he knows it's illegal, and he knows specifically the charges they're going to receive. And way worse than just that, had Trump actually gotten to the Capitol building, and I have opined on this a couple times this week and thought about it, but I am of two minds. Like, it would have been game over for Trump's political career, meaning he would have, he would never run again mm-hmm. if he was up in front of them, just sort of like waving his baby arms in front of the, you know, the fires mm-hmm. of the smoldering Capitol behind him. Yeah, in the halls of Congress, hanging out with the guy with the big horn. And the guy with like, the, uh, the, the Auschwitz shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going through several files being like, one of these has to be the location of all of the children from the Wayfair products, you know, <laughs> like, no, he would, would literally, it would be them just, just like taking photos with his thumb. Exactly. It would just be him taking, doing a photo shoot. He would, he would probably give a speech. Uh, and then. From the dais. Yeah. From the dais. And, you know, it'd be like, I won the election. And then something about hamburgers. And then, oh, toilets don't flush as good anymore. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then I think he would have, they all would have just left. And, uh. I don't know. See, here's my thing. Yeah. I think they would have fought even harder for him because oh, in that sure. moment they knew he wasn't with them. Yeah. Like physically he wasn't there. Right. And so they thought like they were like, why are we still fighting? And it was hours. Mm-hmm. It was four hours. I know. Cause there's a documentary four hours at the Capitol. That's the only reason I know, mm-hmm. but it was a fuck ton of time. You know, and when you actually watch that doc at the time you're thinking, and even now you're like, man, why didn't they fucking fight harder? And right. granted, if they had had the equipment or, or the prep, they would have, and it would have been a easier. Who are you talking about? The Capitol police. Oh, right. right but right. they fucking fought. Yeah. There was hand to hand long night, the long, very long night, whatever episode of game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. The long night. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Don't make fun of me. Cause I don't know the name. Of- <laughs> oh, you do. You, know, okay. you, had, it, you had it. It's still just a long night. It's just called a long night. Oh my God. <laughs> I swear. She's not even read any of the books. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> hate girls. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, sorry. I'm cold opening the show with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, like, so I, you were saying you were of two minds about this. One is that it, it could have either ended his political career. Yes. And the other is that he might have succeeded. And yes. I think that's kind of like, that's that's the alternate universe theory that we have to, like, work out. What happens if he actually makes it to the Capitol with all those people? Because one side of me says that I... I don't believe that he is ideological enough to know what the next step is once he's there and giving a speech beyond making the statement that this is something he could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and so like one part of me thinks he leaves. The other part of me goes like at the point at which he's got all these warriors, you know, these insurrectionists in the Capitol and he's leading them like who's going to stop him? Once the president is there, I feel like the Capitol Police would go like, uh, 
go right ahead, sir. Like, well, they didn't. They- well, the other the other part of this is that you know the the oath keepers in their defense are going to claim that that they were told that Trump would make them mm-hmm. a federal militia, right? And yeah. that they would were going to be ordained, right? And so everything that they were doing or were about to do, yeah. would have been legal, right? And like that he was going to invoke the Insurrection Act, which it's it's unclear if that's even part of the Insurrection Act. You know, uh, that's debatable. But it was like, do we fucking need any at this point? Yeah, the SCOTUS, SCOTUS is basically going to make the Insurrection Act that. Yeah, and so it it just feels also like you know that whole like, can it happen here? No, no, no. no. It did. And it is. And it nearly was successful. And it is happening. It is going to, there's every, there's momentum in the far right movement in this country for all of this to happen, either by an extra legal means or a legal means. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be able to, especially with the newest Supreme Court decision. I mean, he's going to be able to overturn our elections. This is like the, the dominoes are set up. And at this point, it's like, maybe we maybe we are unlucky that he didn't try to do it then and there because maybe he could have you know gotten actually charged with something that's that's a really good point that's actually <laughs> like, a really good like point like the fact that he is now still eligible to be the president again uh yeah that's bad news folks mm-hmm. bad news that's bad news folks yeah kill me it's <laughs> suicidal porky pig matt sort of tipped this off but this was also the week where uh we have seen um much more from the supreme court um since their decision on dobbs and then sort of preceding it mm-hmm. and so just uh just a reminder of the hell we're in we we have a um, supreme court ruling that uh, they threw throwing out gun laws, basically in terms of like states being able to decide that they don't want open carry laws, like in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Supreme Court ruling in favor of a coach that would pray real, real hard and loud in a public, um, I believe, college. Mm-hmm. And so, school uh, prayer in school, a okay. Um, Supreme Court obviously overturning Roe v. Wade, um, and. Uh, this one was this week stripping the federal government of the ability to do anything about pollution, um, w- air, water quality, basically rendering the EPA toothless, um, which honestly, to me, is at the same level of sort of our basic human rights as abortion rights. And the fact is, is like the Biden administration on it does not have a fucking answer for what happened, just happened to the EPA either. Nothing just like so flat footed. Yeah. Um, But you know, I I said it earlier this week, I'll say it again. Steve Bannon just put on another layer of shirt. Mm -hmm. Like that dude, when like shit goes his way, you know, (laughs) he just puts on another LL bean, you know, like (laughs) uh, flannel and he just like, because, like, his whole goal was dismantling the administrative state. Yeah. And here you have it. And these aren't even the rulings that have been, like, pro-corporate. Um, but well, the, the EPA one was. Oh, the of course, of course, exactly. But in terms of, like, ruling in favor, like, against workers' rights, et cetera. Right, yeah, we're not even there yet. And you know that's coming next. And it's like, these are the dominoes that we're talking about. This, like, you know, this burgeoning theocratic freaking you know authoritarian state that's just being created brick by brick and you know dismantling 50 70 plus years of progress yeah. you know and and How do you do this 
I, I, I can just real, I'm going to stop down do for this? a second stop and down. say like, everyone needs to give Francesca from their desk a huge round of applause because I don't know how you do this. Not me? Yes. I don't know how you keep, I, I have to stop keeping up with the news. It makes me so sad. Like I'm mad that I read that New Yorker article yeah. about Orban. You do this every day and I am like already, I'm too depressed to move on. Yeah, so, and we're not even covering the number of police shootings of this. Week. I'm gonna do it. People should appreciate Francesca for 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 actually doing this. Uh, I don't know how you do it. You're a hero. I just want to say, yeah, I'm great. And Thanks, sweetie. And that's why you're my why. I, I mean, you're a little biased, but that's really sweet. It's of you. not even a bias, dude. I think that's an objective fact that you're a goddamn hero because nah. this shit is so depressing. No, it's really fucking. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, it's. Like, so does that mean you want to move to Italy with me or Spain? I mean, I don't speak Spanish or Ay, Italian. Se puede aprender. No puede. Sí, puede aprender. No puede. I think I said that. Right? No puedo. No puedo. I'm not good at conjugations. Anyway, um, it's the responsible thing to do. Get the fuck out of it. No, it's not the responsible thing no. to do. But that being said, I did want to say that there's a little gem here that hasn't actually come down yet, but it, it did. The news came down this week, mm. which is that the Supreme Court is going to hear a case on state legislature's power to set federal election rules. Fuck. Huh. Gee. And so, of course, this is all leading um this is all leading to essentially what happened uh, in 2020 to be um, there to be a legal pathway rather than, you know, having to go the way of the January 6th insurrection. Mm -hmm. So what does this have to do with very briefly? Um, it involves independent state legislature theory. Again, a very far fringe right wing theory, but mind you, mind you, two of the Supreme court justices also helped, Bush steal an election in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, it was invoked by Chief Justice William Rehnquist's concurring opinion in Bush v. Gore. Ah, there you go. In the year 2000. And raised by former President Donald Trump and the Republicans during the 2020 presidential election. Under the theory, the Constitution grants state legislatures the sole authority to regulate federal elections in their states without oversights from states courts. Now, remember this, this stems from North Carolina and they have a giant history of gerrymandering this way and that way. And then it, it, it gets struck down and their, um, their Supreme court has had a say in basically staving off the worst impulses and the worst anti-democratic movements of their Republican state legislatures. What they're doing in North Carolina and what they're doing around the country is they're politicizing, just like they're doing at the federal level, level politicizing the justices on their Supreme Courts. Yep. So they're essentially you know, flooding it with dark money, as we saw, obviously, in, on the federal level. Um, but they're flooding them with dark money, making sure that also if they can't if they can't fully buy these Supreme Courts and the court to to enact their um, anti-democratic voting laws, they can then fully take the control of those voting laws out of the hands or out of at least the purview or the oversight of those courts. And you just do kick them to the state legislature. Does that make sense? Because there was, they had been fighting before, mm -hmm. right? The, the, they were being kept in check 
mm-hmm. by by the judiciary, and they no longer will be. And the fallout. So North Carolina Republicans argument known as blah, 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 blah. We, this is we went over this. The consequences, if they succeed, would be far reaching and devastating. The first domino to fall would be that the state judiciary would have no say in the congressional redistricting process in North Carolina, in this example, and theoretically any other state, no matter how egregious the gerrymander. Voters denied equal representation and fair system would have nowhere to turn, not federal courts because of Roberts ruling in Rucho, which basically says that um, gerrymandering exists, but the Supreme Court has no role in, in we don't we don't play a part. That's that's essentially what that a 2019 ruling bullshit ruling, not state courts and likely not the political process itself, because politicians in Congress and the state houses could and probably would do everything possible to ensure that their one party remains in power. Yep. So goodbye, Democrats in and goodbye, Mm. equal or fair or proportional representation. And it's, again, not just about Congress. This can also bleed into um general elections uh senate elections presidential elections etc 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 they're not hearing there it's before them they want to take it up they they won't take it up i think until october so there is some time that that when when session starts it won't come down like next week for example the decision (laughs) um so yeah this is where we're headed completely um a-democratic Anti-democratic. Okay, there we go. Yeah, completely anti-democratic. I mean, we've been edging closer and closer to anti-democratic. I mean, uh, essentially, I feel like we're there already. But like, just like not having a Republican presidential candidate who's won the popular vote in however many elections uh, now, and uh, like won in the last twenty years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, you know. That's just going to be more and more the case on a local level and yeah. also a federal level. So things are things are cool. <sighs> things are cool and great. Things will be fine. Vamos a España. <laughs> There's days off for when women are menstruating or people are menstruating. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What about when I'm just feeling in just a feeling kind fucked, of up in mood. A fucked up mood? Yeah. I'm sure there's days off. Oh, I would love that. Um, to follow up on the biggest decision, of course, that the nation is reeling from coming out of the Supreme Court, I wanted to welcome the executive director of the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, formerly of Yellowhammer Fund, and just a badass all around. Please welcome Lori Bertram Roberts. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hi, Lori. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm, I'm making it. That last story was um, interesting. I mean, I feel like they're just trying to make everywhere in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after the after the after the election of Trump, I literally tweeted, "Congratulations, we're all Mississippi now." <laughs> yes, and and that's the thing is like we I've seen this coming for a while. And you tell me about God. I have so many questions for you, but I guess I. I wanted to ask to get more about you and your work and then get your thoughts on sort of what has been what has been happening just in a week since this decision came down on Dobbs. But um, so how did you get into like abortion rights work and, and the reproductive fund? And like, yeah, where are you at? Also, let people know where you are. Yeah, I mean, so the long story short is I got into reproductive justice because my life 
has been like a series of reproductive injustices, right? Like I was a teen mom and I was raised in the independent fundamentalist Baptist church. It's a cult. And um, <laughs> and so I was raised like heavily in the anti-abortion movement. I was told that I was, you know, a survivor of the abortion Holocaust. White people would absolutely tell me that I was lucky to be alive because my mom had the right to abort me. And as a black child, you know, I was so lucky that my white mother decided to give birth to me, even though she had the option to abort me. Thank you. You realize that you're basically saying I'm icky yeah. and that I don't, you know, like you're not giving the message you think you are, yeah, right. but racist. Um. You know, so like I grew up with that kind of stuff, but like, I mean, life after getting married at 16, having three kids by 18 and successively getting pregnant, being stealthed on, being impregnated through rape, I have my child, but like just a successive um, set of situations like being turned away at a Catholic hospital during mis- having a miscarriage and almost dying, mm-hmm. Catholic hospitals function like a, pre- a, a pre-rope existence, right? Like they do not... Basically, all the stuff we're going through now are what Catholic hospitals have been doing for for decades. Right. So that being a turnaway patient at an abortion clinic, all those things influenced how I got to being, you know, a person who is pro-abortion versus anti-abortion. Um, and then I got into this work really because the, you know, the personhood amendment happened in Mississippi. And for anyone who doesn't know what the personhood amendment is or wasn't old enough 10 years ago to have heard of it, they literally put on the ballot for a ballot initiative to try to make um, fertilized embryos people. So from the time of fertilization, an egg had the same rights as you as a person. And I just could not wrap my mind around that. At the time, I was a member of the National Organization for Women. Don't do it. But my point is, like, I, I broke up with white feminism, like, we divorced. But my point is, I met some amazing people, and I still I still fuck with them. But I'm just saying, as a whole, white feminist organizations, boo. Um, but my point is, is that, like, we were not speaking out about this personhood amendment. Like, I saw all these, like, all they, the right was doing it. And yeah. everyone thought that it was going to pass. And I was like, this is bullshit. Someone needs to be out here saying abortion. Abortion, 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 and that this shit is going to kill you. Like, that I almost died in a Catholic hospital, and we're all going to be going to Catholic hospitals if this thing passed. Yeah. And so I started telling my story, and, like, that's how I ended up doing reproductive justice, and then ended up connected to the clinic and starting clinic escorting. Um, and I helped found what's now called the Pink House Defenders. Um, and so Yeah, I know. I'm connected to, like, all the things. And then, like... Um, out of that came the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, which we actually founded through the NOW chapter because I was head of the NOW chapter at the time um, and on the national board anyways. Um, and so, like, that's how we ended up with the fund. And we've been funding abortions and doing practical support and giving people Plan B and doing supporting parenting for almost 10 years now in Mississippi. Um, and then I helped some escorts in the state of Alabama start another fund called Yellow Hammer Fund. And then I got the pleasure of being their executive director for almost two years. And I'm now transitioning back to Mississippi. Um, and I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy to go home. 
It's, it's fucking uh, you. Oh my god! Can we just get some love for Lori? Yeah, I take back everything I said. Nice about, about Francesca. Me. All <laughs> I have to do is read shit. Yeah, yeah. Give that to Lori. Yeah, you're you're both heroes in my mind. <laughs> and I have seven kids. Actually, I have eight. You know, I have a, I have a bonus kid, and uh-huh. I have a couple, nice. you know, a couple of other children that I definitely claim as my own. But a patron only s- kid. Yeah, uh, an exclusive kid exclusive just for pa- Patreon. Yeah. It's a very specific. Yeah. I'm just content creator too. It's a stupid joke. <laughs> but I have seven children that I have birthed out of my body. Um, and as a non-binary person that turf shit, we could talk about that later. I'm I'm happy to stay to shit on turfs later. I heard that we're shitting on turfs in the in shitting the on turfs. Absolutely. Wait, wait, I'd love to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think that's it's funny because I just watched the, you know, the Jane's documentary uh, all about the women in Chicago in the late sixties and early seventies in their clandestine abortion clinic, essentially. And um, I also was reading about your story and I saw these parallels, you know, of like young mothers also just like putting their kids to work too, who are like, you're going to help me, babe. This is like the family biz. We're doing it. And the kids were like separating pills and doing all this stuff. And I just, I was like, that is the realist, like this radical mom fucking, you know, who is not only a mother to her own kids, but to, you know, this movement and such crucial work. I'm getting emotional even just talking about it. But I did want to um, ask you about what's going on right now. What is happening with these clinics and funds i'm seeing you know clinics that i used to follow and i support in texas that are closing down i see that yellow fund yellow hammer fund has decided to um pivot or basically stop providing the kinds of assistance that they were providing before what are you hearing and what are you seeing um and why I think we know why. Yeah, it's a precarious legal situation right now, right? So as soon as Roe fell, it's not just that, you know, abortion became illegal in states. It also, you know, unleashed all these archaic laws around abortion, including conspiracy charges. And some of these charges, like these laws go back to like before emancipation, before the Civil War. So what we're having to navigate is what is our legal liability as an organ- as organizations and as individuals in this new legal landscape. So some funds are waiting to find out like what's the legal advice, like what's the legal guidance from the AG of the state. Mm-hmm. Some are you know leaning towards we're going to keep working until we're told not to. Some are kind of doing it in the middle, going well we'll do the safest work we can that we know that is kind of covered under the First Amendment. You know, like we that we think that we can get away with. You know, um, sharing news articles that share share the stuff that we generally would have just said ourselves, um, like access to plan C dot org and aid access.org, that kind of stuff. And so I just think we're in this moment where everything is just changing very rapidly and everything is chaos. Like Yellowhammer fund hasn't shifted what they're doing per se. What they're doing is pausing their services. So it's not that they're never going to fund abortions again. It's just how do they do it safely and protect not only clients, but the people who work for Yellowhammer Fund, many of whom are marginalized people. So like I would never, as an executive director, put any of those people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I feel like 
I, I can say this as someone who's transitioning out of that role. I feel like personally, I think that there is um, less risk than some people are thinking there is hmm. um, and that we have more legal standing than people think we have. And I think that's being borne out by some of these cases that we're seeing, you know, clinics win and getting injunctions and being able to reopen. Yeah. We're seeing, you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think that we, we, we as activists should not give up our work. Like we should not concede a loss before there's a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just my philosophy. Now I can't, I can't make other people ride with me. Okay. <laughs> I, and I'm not asking them to take on the risk that I'm willing to take on. So yeah. like, I can't ask an organization to ride with me with that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think, just me as from the way of activism that I was raised up in, I I rode with Mississippi veterans of the civil rights movement. So I'm steeped in civil disobedience. If yeah. a law is unjust, you should not obey it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And I'm not saying that we should all as 501c3s be out here, you know, saying fuck the law. But I'm, I do know as individuals, we have more options than what people are necessarily saying. That's a really interesting point that you bring up. I feel like that the so many movements were not as steeped in the 501c3 um, world, obviously. And they uh, as like in during the civil rights movement, it's like the nonprofit industry was a fraction of right. what it is today. And so there was a little bit more militancy and ability to be more militant. And, and I, I, I have to agree with you, but I'm on the outside. And so I think it's a point of privilege to take the position, like people should fight harder um, and, and, you know, risk all kinds of things because well, if you're not I, in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like people, Rocky Gonzalez from La Frontera Fund said something really poignant on a panel we were on recently where she yeah. said, we run 501c3s so we can get paid. Right. Yeah. It's not how we move to do all our work. Yeah. Right. This exactly. It's cuz we need it's cuz you need to be supported in this work, but it shouldn't um politically dictate the strategy um of how. And 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 let me ask and this is sort of jumping a little bit, but to do you feel like if there was more of a directive of support coming down even from the highest you know, offices, even from the White House, um, if there was a deployment of lawyers, if there was a deployment of funds, if there was, you know, a, a mobilized effort to, let's say, get Plan C, like ramp up production, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that small clinics and funds would feel more emboldened to actually skirt these state laws? I think I think a couple of things could be better supported, right? One, we could support grassroots organizations that are not part of the 501c3 nonprofit industrial complex, yes. right? Like you can support, but but let me be clear, white people don't like to give their money to people of color and black people who are not part of the nonprofit industrial complex because they want to see where all our money goes mm-hmm. and they want to be to say, oh, I know that those Negroes have spent this money on this, that, and the other, and the third, and I can check up on them because, honestly, they don't even trust us to to do work without white people watching us in our daily work. I mean, I've literally been told doing the work at MRF, what's what we call MRFF, Mm -hmm. that we needed to put white people on our board to get a grant. 
So there's that. Wow. Um, wow. So, so like, I mean, just, just know that it is a struggle to get supported when you're out here and you're not part of that system. Yeah. So I think there's a role for 501c3s to kick money to organizations that are loosely organized. And there's also a role for motherfuckers to just give the money. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. Like, like if we're out here saying trust women and we're out here saying like, you know, like trust people on the ground, mm-hmm. then give your damn money and yeah. stop acting like everybody's being a scammer. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that there's scammy shit going on, but everybody out here is not being a scammer. And if you see our work, then you know we're not scamming. If people are out here we're still telling you X, Y, and Z person has been funding abortions for eight years or that they know that person has been giving out water in their community, giving out food, giving out, like there's receipts to be had. Yeah. Yes. But are they itemized? <laughs> I need itemized receipts. I need to make sure that they never got Uber Eats on this money. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm exactly. like, there, there are literally people who want activists to starve. Right. But you not do the work. Like you have to support activists too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just throwing that out there. And I know that wasn't quite what we were going at, but the, the the point is we can't do our work to make sure people have access if we're not well funded and like able to do that organizing and able to have that freedom to do that organizing. What, There's amazing yeah. organizing going on in the South. And yeah. do, do organ, what organ ex, uh, organizations exist outside of the nonprofit industrial complex that people, <laughs> you know, like uh, one, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, that people can give money to, you know, the thing like, is, is there's like not a lot anymore, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like because yeah. you cannot function, right? Right? Like, honest to God, if I could have, if I could have founded our organization and not had us be a five hundred one c three, we wouldn't be a five hundred one c three. Yeah, right. yeah. It's just like it, it's. It, it, and it, I will say one of the things that benefited um, people in the civil rights movement is they were under churches. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Can I liberal churches? Here's your moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but honestly, and, and the other thing I was going to say is, um, and this is just also because I'm, I've obviously came off this talk, but like, you know, the ways that they talk about how the police turned, turned their blind eye to the abortion clinics that were, ap- that were operating because they also relied on them. Mm. And I think there is something to be said about the reliance on, because we know People will always get abortions. They can only be prevented from getting safe abortions, right? That there's this bullshit reliance on, you know, folks like yourself. Where it's like, well, you know, Lori's always going to be there to fight. And kind of like this, that like all people, whether cops, government officials, politicians, they all know that this work is not actually going to go away. It's just going to make it 10 times more precarious and difficult and they're okay with that and and yet they their communities their families they themselves rely on access to abortion so that is and that's actually what's sick about the 501c3 complex in general you know um doing all the the work that the fucking government can't do or will is unwilling to do we're stop gaps, right? Like we're we're literally stop gaps. We're not supposed to be the solution. Bail funds aren't supposed to be a solution, right? right. Uh, like abortion funds aren't supposed to be a solution. GoFundMe is not supposed to be a solution, right? We're supposed to be a stop gap while we're working to fix the problem. Yeah. Like we, I don't, I didn't think we'd ever, I didn't think we'd ever be in this spot. At least I hoped we wouldn't. It's yeah. not like we didn't think we'd be here, yeah. especially after Trump was elected. 
But when I first entered the movement, I thought maybe access would fall in Mississippi. That's what we were preparing for in 2012, 2013, is that we would lose access in a state, maybe two states. And that's so hard to plan for. Like when Texas had access issues back in 2012, 2013, every state around Texas was impacted, right? Mm -hmm. Now multiply that with by 13 states, the chaos that is going on right now. I mean, the good thing that I can point to is I just did an interview for an article for a government magazine about the post office, right? And the reporter called me and said, you know, I just talked to the the United States Postal Service and they said they're not going to do anything to police pills coming in the country. They're not searching anything. They're like they said the the responsibility is on the person who ships stuff to adhere to the laws of their state, of the federal government and that they're not they have their commitment is to make sure people get their mail. Right. So I need to stress that to people that first class mail cannot be opened without a warrant. Mm. They have to get that warrant. They have to take it to the postmaster, right? The postmaster has to then get your mail and open it. They have to know you're getting something to get that warrant. Like it's very hard to get a warrant for somebody's first class mail. They can't just sit around and open everyone's first class mail. And that's a federal thing. That's not a local thing. They can't just locally decide in Mississippi, they're going to start holding up everyone's mail and opening it. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, is DeJoy still in office? Is that for He is, but he can't change it. There's nothing he can do to, but those are federal regulations. Like that's federal law. So right. like currently I can just say for right now, right. Exactly. Like for right now, yeah, we yeah, ain't yeah, moved yeah. that far into fascism yet, yeah. but we can, we can like, people can feel fairly confident that if they guard their digital security and order pills online, that they should be fairly safe in doing so. Yes. And I wanted to, to actually like, that's a good segue. Um, Well, well, why don't we segue to this? And then I I wanted to talk about what specifically is happening. And this is, as you said, when abortion laws in one state become more draconian, when that ban is triggered or or whatnot, um, it affects all of the surrounding states. And you saw that this week um, as Ohio uh, restricting abortions, uh, they causing a 10 year old girl who uh, was a victim of rape to travel to Indiana for an abortion procedure. So on Monday, this is three days after the Supreme Court issued its decision, Caitlin Bernard, an Indianapolis Indianapolis obstetrician gynecologist, took a call from a colleague, a child abuse doctor in Ohio. Um, Hours after the Supreme Court action, the Buckeye State had outlawed any abortion after six weeks. Now this doctor had a 10-year-old patient in the office who was six weeks and three days pregnant, which I'm sorry. I'm pregnant now. I gave my last period date by like just when I remembered. But who knows when it but was? But it's all kind of ra- anyway. I, we we don't have to push back. But I'm like now we all know how to get around some of these laws, and these are the things people have to say, which is that they're not farther far enough along, and their last period was way earlier than it actually was. But anyway, we continue with this awful story. So the six week abortion ban took effect, and then. Um, two providers in Kentucky shuttered their doors after the state that state's trigger law. Um, and then since Friday, abortion clinics where Katie McHugh, an independent obstetrician gynecologist works, has seen a, quote, insane amounts of requests. Um, this is also uh, Indianapolis from pregnant people in Kentucky and Ohio, which is where it's far more difficult to get an abortion. 
Um, Indiana lawmakers are poised to further restrict or ban abortion in mere weeks. So they're going to Indiana now, but Indiana's yeah. it's going to be worse very, very soon. As on July 20, 25th, a special a general assembly will be convened where they're going to dis- discuss restrictions to abortion policy, um, along with inflation relief. Oh, my God. So oh, thank you. Oh, my former state. I used to live in Indiana. And I can say that they are. Hey, that's where I was a turnaway patient. Actually, was in Indiana in America. Oh um, <laughs> because is. I was, I was just shy past their their um their the, time that cut off, and I couldn't afford to go out to Ohio, and I couldn't afford to go to Chicago. And this was in the '90s. There was no, you know, you couldn't get on your phone and find where you were going. You had to like. You know, ask somebody and get a map. And yeah, to get a, a physical map for Miranda. A physical Dale. map and like, yeah, and like actually know where you were going. I mean, yeah. this was like, you know, a quest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still is for because not everybody has a smartphone. I just yeah. want to throw that uh, out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the means to travel across state lines in order to oh get some people have jobs. <laughs> not at all. So the the thing about this case that I want to stress more than anything is that exemptions are bullshit. Mm. Um, if there was ever a case that should have qualified for an exemption where there, that, that young woman's doctor should have felt free to provide an abortion for her yeah. in office and just been like, Hey, I gave this young girl an abortion for obvious fucking reasons. I'm sorry, curse so much, but for obvious reasons, that's your, Oh, I love y'all. That's <laughs> Please invite me back. This is, this is the this is the time, right? Like yep. this should have been the time that a doctor should have had no fear of of an exemption being allowed, right? Yeah. But yet, no one in Ohio obviously would give this child an abortion. Otherwise, why send her to Indiana? Yeah. Right. But, why? But correct me if I'm wrong. So, so I, I mean, we're going to look at a state that doesn't have carve outs. Um, which you're basically saying don't even matter anyway. So what what Lori is saying is that the the case of rape and in and or incest and or you know the health of the fetus or the health, the health of the of mom, the mother, yeah. all that all shit the in the concrete in the tangible doesn't actually play out the way people think it's going to play out. Yeah. Oh, that that person the red carpet is rolled. They get a they get free travel. They, they you know and they they're. A, uh, attended to in, in direct orderly fashion. No. And I'm going to tell you why here's number one. Why? So say you're in Mississippi. Cause I, I like speaking from my own experience, yeah. but say you're in Mississippi and six months from now, you're an incest victim. Who's a child? Because that's usually who people most relate to. Um, and you need an abortion. Well, the clinic's closed now. So where are you going? Right. Yeah. Who's providing your abortion? Most OBGYN, every OBGYN in the in the state says they do not provide abortion. A lot of them aren't even trained to do DNCs. I'm just being honest because they send their DNC clients to the clinic in Jackson. Okay, so who who's providing their their abortion? There are no more abortion providers in the state. I can tell you right now, in the ten years I've been doing this work, I have never seen anyone get an exemption for rape incest or health of the mother for Medicaid because they make it so you can't. You have to get your abortion first, 
file for a refund. You have to prove that you were raped with by having a police report. You have to file. Like, it's it's not made for you to use, mm-hmm. right? It's made for it to be hard. Mm-hmm. And that's because if you ask lawmakers, they're going to tell you rape is just an excuse that women use because they want an abortion. Right. Because to them, they talk about pre-row days when in order to get an abortion, you had to say you were raped. So they'll say, oh, women just say that. It's not true. And mm-hmm. only 1% of abortions are because of rape anyways. But I'm here to say that's a lie. I know so many clients who were sexually assaulted will never report or don't even see what happened to them as sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Stealthing is sexual assault. Yeah. Reproductive coercion is sexual assault. Being coerced by your partner is sexual assault. Having your your partner sleep with you when you're unconscious is a sexual assault. But a lot of times people who are in relationships don't even conceive that as sexual yeah. assault. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean... I just, I can't even, no, I can't it, even understand we're if, having this conversation around, like, why isn't this 10-year-old girl getting her abortion? Well, partially because we have this dichotomy of good abortions and bad abortions. Yes. And if we just didn't have that dichotomy at all, then she would be getting her fucking abortion at home with her local OBGYN, yes. like they do in Germany and other, like, normal ass countries where people don't go through all of this. Absolutely. And, and it also, it's sort of like when I, when I'm chanting abortion is healthcare and then you realize, Oh yeah, this country fucking sucks on healthcare. You're like, we had, this is part of a healthcare fight in, in a totality of that. And the same with, you know, sexual violence, you know, you, you, you think about the ways that this country treats rape victims. You think about the rape kits that are sitting untested in police back lots. Like you fucking think that we take rape victims and victims of assault seriously. No. So spare us all of those carve out bullshit things. And speaking of a state that doesn't have any of those carve outs, but has um, banned, I believe, or will soon ban abortions. Um, no, it has, it has, um, this is uh, Governor Christy Nome, who was on CNN. I mean, honestly, I don't even know why she would subject herself to anyone asking her anything at all, especially in this time. And here's Dana Bash actually asking her directly about this case of the 10-year-old who was assaulted and, and was pregnant as a result and saw, had to leave state lines to get her abortion. Let me ask you about that. The Indianapolis Star is reporting that a 10-year-old girl in Ohio, who was six weeks and three days pregnant, now has to travel across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion. So I just, Mm -hmm. because this is a trigger law that was passed before you became governor, I wanted you to be clear. Will the state of South Dakota going forward force a 10-year-old in that very same situation to have a baby? You know what I think is incredible, Dana, in this tragic story? Because I heard about this last night. What's incredible is that nobody's talking about the pervert, horrible, right. and deranged individual that raped a 10-year-old. And what is it? What are we doing about that? I agree what with you. What are we you. doing about I mean, those of individuals? Course. That that's, do this that's, that is children. an important discussion you, to have. You but, rape but children. The, this, that's an issue that the Supreme yeah, Court has weighed in as well. I, I, listen, I totally understand that. as much as we talk that, about our, what we can do for that little girl, I think we also need to be addressing those sick individuals that do right. this to our children. I t- couldn't agree more. So but this, our bodies are our bodies, and women are the ones who uh, who get pregnant. And in this case, it wasn't a woman. It was a girl. Should she have to have a child. child? A child. Should she have and to have that baby? Every single life, every single life is precious. That, this tragedy is horrific. I can't even imagine. I've never 
had anybody in my family or myself gone through anything like this. I can't even imagine. But in South Dakota, the law today is that the abortions are illegal except to save the life of and the you mother. you would be okay with that, and a 10-year-old girl having to have a baby? No, I'm never okay with that. In fact, that story will keep me up at night. It absolutely so will. So would you try to change the law mother, to have an I'm exception a, of a in a situation like this? Got a one, got a one-year-old little granddaughter mm-hmm. named Miss Addie. I can't even imagine. What I would say is I don't believe a tragic situation should be perpetuated by another tragedy. And so there's more that we've got to do to make sure that we really are living a life that says every life is precious, especially innocent lives that have been shattered like that 10-year-old girl. Oh, did she just all lives matter? A 10-year-old girl being raped? She, she basically did a rape as a blessing. Unbelievable. That's what she did. Oh. That's literally what she did. And I am so disgusted. I also want to stress that like, when you're 10, gestating a human is a medical risk. Yeah, Your body can be changed in ways that will never, ever be the same. We're talking about fistula, like really horrible, horrible things can happen. Even if that child were to have a C-section, why would you want a C-section done on a 10-year-old? I've had six C-sections. That is major surgery. Just one is like, there can be nerve damage to your, I mean, just, no. that is just a disgusting thing. How does a 10-year-old even understand what is going through the through the, on with their body when they're gestating a baby. Yeah. Like I don't even understand. I barely understand it. And I'm almost 40. I'm saying <laughs> at 16 when I was pregnant with my twins and I was a very serious 16 year old, but I just remember like all the things I went through as a teen parent at 16 and I was 16. I didn't even have my period at 10. So I can't even. Yeah. And and I was, and let me just be clear. I'm a molestation and, and rape survivor of from that age range. I was being molested at at that age range. And I can't even imagine being impregnated by my abuser. Like that would have been so horrific for me. Yeah. Like just the thought of it makes me ill. Yeah. And that people are acting like as if this is some kind of strange blessing and can be somehow made into being okay as if, Oh, well she can just have the baby and then maybe she can give it up for adoption as if that's not additional trauma. I mean, like this is real conversations that anti-abortion people are having, you know, like don't make it a second tragedy. What second tragedy? The second tragedy would be y'all making this child gestated human at 10 years old. Like you're making the case. Yeah, you're making the case for rapists. You are mm-hmm. letting rapists off the hook. You are putting the onus completely and 100% on the victims, and they know that. They're a party of fucking rapists. I'm sorry. Like, we've seen the cover they've run on everyone from people in their own ranks to people on the fucking highest court in the land right now. So this entire, it makes me so disgusted. And the fact that she's trying to squirm her way out of it is, it's like, it's so immoral. I just wish that we could take up the mantle of morality because it is so immoral here. Yeah. Um, well, we should because yeah. they're the party of child marriage too. So like the only people fighting to keep child marriage legal in the States. Yes are pro-abortion or pro-anti-abortion people for the exact reason that they think that kids who get impregnated 
should have the option to marry the person who impregnated them. Yeah. They I think mean, that's good. That's family making. I love that she tried to d- distract. It's like, we keep talking about this poor 10 year old girl, but what about this pervert, you know, going out there raping women, uh, raping girls? Someone should make a law against that. It's like, yeah, there's there's a lot. There, that's, there already are. That's illegal already. Yeah. And you know what would be useful in prosecuting him? Those fetal remains. Yeah. So how about we go and get custody of those? Exactly. <laughs> but the the other thing that I think, and, and this is what I'm saying, like they, they are, they're, they're, the idea that it's not a problem unless it happens to me. Well, yes. I have a daughter. I have a grand. It's like, I'm sorry, honey, but if you've been so fucking insulated from the patriarchy that you've not dealt with like assault or any kind of or molestation or all these things. And it's like, what are the stats? It's like one in three women. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, there are fucking pervs. We have all these laws because Mostly cis men won't stop being fucking pervs. So, yeah, I know you want the world to be lollipops and gumdrops and rainbows, but the reality is it is not. And people and and we don't say that glibly or cynically. We say that it's a fucking reality. And by the way, y'all run cover for these dudes every goddamn day. So, like. Yeah. You just, you just, you're like, what little, what little privileged white brain do you have? What little, oh, it's just so, so sweet. Oh, you couldn't even imagine ha- anything <laughs> yeah. like that happening. Oh my God. Oh, you, oh, I don't talk to other people. Yeah. That's why I don't know if this happens. I've never it, read it, a it, book before. I've never seen Maya Angelou. Show. Oh, that's CRT. I was, I was watching this interview with this guy from, who used to be part of Operation Rescue who's now like converted to being not that guy. He's still a reverend. But he was like, when I used to envision people with unplanned pregnancies who we were trying to save, I always thought of white women who had their little baby that after they saved were saved and they had a a community around them of pro-life people. He said, and then I realized that that's not everyone's reality. You don't fucking say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't get like a you welcome back with like little salamis and chocolates when you just ch- decide to have your baby. You don't you know. <laughs> it's, like point- people, <laughs> it's like the people who ask me, well, how dare you support abortion when you have seven kids? It's because I have seven kids. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I know what it's like to have seven fucking kids. And I know what it's like to be sitting on the side of your bathtub with an EBT test going, God. Are you mad at me? <laughs> Are you fucking with me right now? Like, seriously, I just wanted to have sex one time. One time, sir. You know, like, I mean, like, that's, I don't know what that's like. I mean, yeah. I would never make someone pick what I, I mean, I had a mom that supported me and a grandma that helped me. Not everybody has the support I had. Yeah. And and this is this is why it is about choice and all, and also about supporting all pregnancy outcomes that I know Liz Winstead constantly has ingrained into my brain. Yeah, exactly. Supporting all the pregnancy outcomes and uh, how much this is linked to reproductive justice overall. But I did want to pivot and talk about the privacy aspect to this. So the Department of, of, H, of Health and Human Services this week attempted to clarify a few things that Biden has not been very clear on. Um, but Javier Becerra, Becerra did say um, that doctors, at least, Healthcare providers are not permitted to disclose patient health information unless faced with a court order. Uh, the HHS said Wednesday, uh, an attempt to provide clarity following the overturning of Roe v. Wade, similar to um, what Lori was saying earlier about 
look, there is no way that uh, your mail can be opened. If you order Plan C pills, that is a you need a court order to open an individual's mail and um, they can't do that to you. But what he also said, and this is more chilling and I want to get your response on it, is that the department also warned patients that data collected by third party apps such as period trackers is not protected health information under federal rules and could be shared with other entities. And I know, Lori, you have intimate knowledge of of a case where this where someone's data was used against them because they searched for plan C, they searched for abortion pills. So can you talk about what that, what, what he means by that and what we need to be aware of? Yeah. I think one of the things people need to understand is that when it comes to your digital security, sometimes it's not even as complicated as people getting or law enforcement, getting your data from the companies. It can be something as, easy as you didn't clear your 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 history and then the police get your phone right and so like they can literally get a warrant for your phone open your phone and then all of your stuff is in there because let's be honest our it's a mobile computer and our lives are on our phone yeah right and so if we're text messaging and we're not using an encrypted app that has disappearing messages like say signal signal (laughs) <laughs> uh, because I'm gonna be honest, don't don't message me if you're not on signal. I don't I don't talk about <laughs> seriously my whole entire or MRFF, everybody on MRFF message me on signal. Yeah. I don't care if we're talking about like, getting hot dogs for a, a kit bag. You message me on signal. And there's <laughs> there's press that have been surprised. Like overseas press were like, we only get people from war zones that message us on signal. It's like what do you think abortion rights work is in the U.S.? You think we out here like doing pancakes? Like, what you think? I, mean, I don't know what y'all think we out here doing, but that ain't it. So, like, I mean, use honestly using stuff like Signal, using um, search engines that are not known to sell your data, like a DuckDuckGo. Yes. Um, making sure that you're clearing your data yeah. using a VPN. I'm sorry, everyone should be using a VPN at this yeah. point. Right. Like everybody, everybody. And I understand it slows what you can do. And sometimes you can't do the stuff you want to do. But honestly, when you're doing any kind of searches or you're doing any kind of stuff like that, you should be using a VPN. We have a little digital from um, digital. Damn, I can't think of digital defense fund. Mm. Um, We have a little graphic um, that's on our social media about how to keep yourself safe when you're searching for um, reproductive stuff. So like, there's just some very easy things that you can do, but number one is don't give the police your phone. Yeah. Real talk. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not, this is not me shitting on anyone, but like, honestly, don't give the police your phone until they prove they have a warrant. Yeah. And even if they have a warrant, refuse to give them your password unless they, unless they force you to give it to them. Mm. The case I'm talking about, they coerced her into giving them their her password by telling her that they were going to hold her until she gave it to them. Jesus, which they can't do. <laughs> like, of okay, course, now that now that the Miranda rights have been obliterated and uh, law enforcement, thanks to the SCOTUS, no longer required to tell you about your Miranda rights. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You so, we have to know this ourselves. You have the right exactly. to shut the fuck up and not hand over anything. Yep. My my advice to everyone when police become involved is the same I give to my children <laughs> is 
ask if you're free to go and go. If you're free to go, <laughs> and if you are not free to leave, ask for an attorney and shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two. Ask for an attorney. Shut the fuck up. When your attorney gets there, have them contact the people you need to have contacted. And again, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like that's like literally, there are people walking free now who have committed murders. Yeah, because they shut their mouth. Like <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like we talked about OJ earlier. No. I seriously, that's just real talk. Like there are people who have committed real serious crimes and the reason they're walking free is because they shut their mouths. Sure. And there are a lot of people sitting in jail or almost sat in jail because they talk. And that's a lot of times when you're talking about people who get wind up being criminalized for using pills or allegedly using pills. It's because they said something that made people suspicious. Now, by the way, you being black and brown, you're already going to be suspicious because we get police no matter where we go, healthcare, you know, whatever. But you don't have to disclose that you've used pills. They cannot test for it. If they told you they tested for it and they found it, they're lying, mm. right? You do not have to tell them anything about why you're miscarrying. Who the fuck knows? Miscarriages are a mystery. God did it. <laughs> Blame Allah. Yeah. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's a mystery. The universe does what it does. You don't have anything to owe, you don't owe, you know, the people any kind of explanations about why you're miscarrying. Just go and say, I'm, you know, I think I'm having a miscarriage and I need assistance. That's yeah. all you have to say. But and it, and it's crazy because I mean I did reporting in El Salvador about this and they're you know straight up locking women up for like 30 years yeah. because for miscarriage. miscarriages, yeah. which I know could be a very soon our dark future. But I wanted to ask you, I think I saw an interview with you uh in another place where you, you know, sort of singing the praises of the fact that yes, while it feels like we're back in, you know, the pre-row days. We still have Plan C. We have uh, misoprostol and mifepristone. Uh, I'm pronouncing both of those wrong, I'm sure. Mifepristone and misoprostol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. mifepristone. Yeah. And so it's we have years. <laughs> we'll just have mif and mice. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, we, and, and we have that combination. We have that access. Um, and this obviously is a medical uh, Im- abortion that is, you know, useful in the first. How many weeks can that can that be administered? It's, it's twelve. People say nine because in in the U.S. we only use it to nine weeks because of the FDA. Mm-hmm. But honestly, globally they use it to twelve weeks. And if we're really being honest, it can be used past twelve weeks. Okay. But you need to be near a hospital because you're going to probably need assist. You know, like you're going to start the miscarriage and you, you need to go to the hospital. Right. But if we're being really honest. Um, it's used globally past 12 weeks um, and people are just monitored at a hospital. Sure. Um, so it's not like people could not use it. They just need to be more cautious. Does it give you a little bit of a high, not high, but no, but oh. a, a hope that, I mean, at least we're not in, even though we want to take us back to the dark ages, we're not quite there because of the, that kind of medical abortion. Absolutely. And the, and the affordability of it. If you're talking about, you know, a, a pill abortion in a clinic is going to be at least $500 or $600. Those that are listed on Plan C are around $250, $300. You know, if you're talking about eight access, you're talking about like $150. So like, that's a very big price difference. That's a big difference in accessibility. Eight access has a sliding fee scale, mm-hmm. right? So you're just talking about a huge difference. And then if you're talking about community providers, which there are networks around the country, there are people out here giving away abortions. Mm. So, I mean, and also just like charging people whatever they can. There are people out here that are, you know, herbalists who are doing 
abortion care early in pregnancy because herbal abortion really does have to be done very early. Um, but I mean, if that's your thing, if you're one of those people who like absolutely isn't into pills or whatever, and that's what you want to try first, herbal abortion is very different than it used to be. I mean, like, obviously we know a lot more about herbs and how they work and stuff than we ever did. Um, but yeah, I think the pills, the accessibility of them is just different. And like what we know about mesoprostol, you know, obviously is thanks to, to the women of Latin America. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically Brazil. But the thing is, is mesoprostol is everywhere. Mm. Like methoprostol is literally everywhere. It is used for ulcers. It's used for arthritis. So like it's in medicine cabinets all over the place. And it's also fairly easy to access in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people will go across the border, grab some. Yeah. Come home. Yeah. I mean, so like there's, there's different ways that people access pills. Um, but the fact that they're so accessible, we've already seen in Texas, a short term study where the rate of abortion hasn't really dipped since the six-week ban. What's happened is that people shift ha- shifted how they got abortions. Right. A huge amount have started using pills. Some have gone out of state. And there was, the, but what who lost access was, you know, the people on the margins. And those are the people I'm most concerned about. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you, last question, we got to move on to our final segment, but, um, you know, given that places like Yellowhammer Fund are suspending their work and that, you know, you see Planned Parenthood stopping to, I mean, I know it's different, but Planned Parenthood stopping giving, uh, um, administering abortions in certain states, um, um, Texas, uh, like small clinics, I'm blanking on all the names, but they're stopping where can we donate at least like money? Like who's accepting our money right now? Like, you know? Yeah. I definitely say don't give up on abortion funds cause we're not going anywhere. Um, and definitely don't give up on independent abortion clinics. A lot of them aren't closing. What they're doing is they're refocusing their work. Okay. So a lot of independent abortion clinics like West Alabama women's center, which was purchased by Yellowhammer fund is going to be doing a full, scale reproductive care they're just you know refocusing the clinic and so they got to kind of wait until like everything is perfect for them to relaunch with the new with the new care schedule um including trans inclusive health care which is very much needed in alabama yes other clinics are leaving and relocating like jackson women's health care um even though they're fighting to stay open but they're opening a second location in new mexico Right. So, I mean, it just really depends on what clinic does what. But a lot of clinics, a lot of clinics are fighting to stay in their communities, to be providers of full full spectrum reproductive care because the pendulum will swing back. Mm -hmm. That's what we know. Like, that's what we know politically. Like this, there's a cost to all of this and the pendulum will swing back. And those clinics are going to need to be there to hold that space because reopening a clinic from scratch is hard. Yeah. Right. And, and abortion funds aren't going anywhere because what we do, first of all, is more than abortion for a lot of us. I mean, not all of us, but, you know, Yellowhammer and Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund are full, you know, um, full spectrum reproductive justice organizations. We do work around family justice. We give away diapers. We give away, you know, baby supplies. We help people who parent. And in a state that's going to force people to give birth, those are kind of like major things to have yeah. available. We also give away Plan B. Um, you know, like we give away condoms, we do sex education, we do all of this other work that's very vital. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still going to be doing work around abortion access. 
um, regardless of how that ends up looking. Yeah. I know for Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund, we're going to still be funding abortions until they make a stop. Um, and then we'll see what happens. And thank, thank you so much, Lori. Um, everybody, how can, uh, how can we follow your work? How can we donate? How can we, you know, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at smart statistic. Um, I'm very, very, very active on Twitter. I'm very <laughs> online. <laughs> Same I'm following you right now. I'm, I'm at the smart statistic on, um, on Instagram and I am even on TikTok. I'm at a Bobo auntie one. Nice. I love it. Lori Bertram Roberts, thank you so much. Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund is where she is at. Um, And um, Lori, we have one more segment I would love to get you your thoughts on. Yes, please. It's a fun segment, guys. We're pivoting. I like fun. Segwaying. Um, it's fun time. It's fun yes. time. It's not that fun, but we it will we'll be see. Fun. I know it will also be. It'll depressing. be fine. Okay. It's, it, we're going to try and pep it up a little bit, guys. I like um, that. It's all about the governors, baby. Ooh. And <laughs> because, um, you know, you have Gavin Newsom out today with an ad encouraging Floridians to move to California. And yeah. you're like, Cool use of money, bro. Yeah, also dumb. Don't, 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 also, don't, we don't want you, but there's that. So so Gavin Newsom, who Democrats are like, maybe Newsom will be our savior, looking to him. Um, you have Republicans looking at DeSantis. Maybe DeSantis will be our savior of the MAGA movement. And then you've got a couple more that I went, want to talk about. Obviously, Christy Nome and uh, J.B. Pritzker of oh. Illinois. So this is... <laughs> Smash or pass? Would you do it? Would you do them? But Governor's Edition. <laughs> Damn. Smash or pass, which I've just been told by my uh, Gen Z producer page, is like fuck Mary Kill, but for young people because they don't have the time to figure out who they're going to kill. Kill. They just or, who, or marry. They just yeah. want to smash or pass. Smash or pass. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So and um, two choices. You know, it's a younger generation. They have a shorter attention span. They can only categorize two things. Absolutely, I like it. And you sure. And um, and so a few things to know. So here we have J.B. Pritzker, governor of Illinois, Democrat, mm-hmm. uh, since 2018, signed the Reproductive Health Care Act. Uh, which codifies Roe v. Wade into law in 2019, legalize weed, raise the minimum Mm -hmm. wage to $15 an hour, ban private immigration detention centers, Mm -hmm. and forbade state and local police to cooperate with ICE. But he is a billionaire. He is. I know. Although socialists love him. Apparently, Socialist for Pritzker has 10,000 followers on Twitter, guys. It's pretty good. Um, Um. I'm a big fan. I'll tell you, I'm a big fan. First of all, um, I like him because he's thick with two C's. Um, <laughs> he's like the first thick uh, politician that I'd ever, you know, like king that I've ever felt like. I don't know. It's been years since I've been like, it looks good on. It looks good on him. I mean, yeah. he just like he's got uh, those. He's got a, a nice, powerful gaze, but kind eyes. Uh, you know, 
Why do they all look like characters from Batman? Why does every governor look like a Batman character? Well, like specifically like, Chicago, Chicago politicians. Right, like JB looks like a bat with the, the he's got an orange tie on in this photo. Yeah, like yeah. Gavin Newsom is Batman. You know, like DeSantis <laughs> is such a villain. Yeah. And like anyway, okay, so smash or pass on Pritzker? I, I'm saying smash. I'm going with okay. smash. Lori, smash or pass on Pritzker. Oh yeah, I love a thick man. Like um, you know, I love a thick man in a in a nice suit. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could convince him to give up some of his money. I am a fairly skilled former sex worker, and so I feel like I also have this idea for like a new show. So it'd be like hoarders. But for like billionaires, so we would come in like as a team of socialists and help them unhoard their money. Oh yeah! So I feel like I would be a good candidate. I love yeah, it. So like we would go in and help like liberals and, and left leaning people unhoard their fucking yeah. money, right? So I feel like I could maybe like pitch that to him, and it would be a good look for him. Like maybe knock you down to a millionaire status. Yeah. You don't have to have so much shit, JB. Yeah. It's cool. It'll be great. You and me, thick and thick. It'll be great. We're like, it's about damn time. We do it to Lizzo. We do it on TikTok to some Lizzo music. It'll be great. I'll I'll smash. I'll smash. Yeah, I don't know him, and so I like the mystery, so I'm going to say smash. Yeah. Uh, That's attractive to me politically. I don't know about sexually. I don't know if I would – how I would do He's got a Tony Soprano vibe. Under or over there. I – no. No, what I mean by that is like, like, you know, like it looks – he looks – Good. You just yeah. haven't seen him speak yet. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. I need to see. Um, I need to see some some clips to yeah. just sort of like you know get it up for him. But uh, <laughs> all right, second over here, another Democrat, Gavin Newsom, Democrat from California, won his recall. Uh, campaigned on Medicare for all, but will not lift a fucking finger for Medicare for all ever. Uh, pushed the largest economic stimulus ever, $100 billion. In fact, right now, Californians are all getting an inflation check, essentially. Um, he became the first state, or, or and we became the first state to have universal free school breakfast and lunch, and also recently just pardoned a woman who was um, serving time for killing her trafficker uh, when she was 16. And she did serve a lot of time, way too much time, but Newsom just pardoned her. So there's good, there's bad, there's... Um, I'm really guilt There's I can't, I don't That's know. the thing. That's why it's an immediate pass. Immediate pass. Because he's, he's damaged goods. I, I'm sorry. He's I, he is. I And I hate to do that like... <laughs> Guilt by association thing, you know, who you date in your past is who you date often. I'm very, like, forgiving and understanding. We've all made mistakes, but Kimberly fucking Guilfoyle? Yeah. How? He helped create that monster. Yeah, yeah. That's on That's on him. I'm sorry. So that, it's a hard pass on, on Gavin Newsom. Um, also, uh, how are you going to be named Gavin and be Gavin. the yeah and be the governor of California and not have like a voice that fucking sounds like this like the fact that he has like it a sounds- Batman voice like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no he's no, gotta no. be more he's gotta be like hey what's up how you doing this is Gavin uh everyone gets free white claw and fuck yeah dude like <laughs> Lori smash or pass 
Yeah, it's a hard pass for me because I can never forgive him for that picture of him and Kimberly Gilfile in front of that goddamn uh, fireplace. Yeah. On like the on like the <laughs> animal the rug. rug. Oh. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Um, Sir, never. Passing. Nope. I, you know, I got to be honest with you. This is, I'm going to just have an honest fucking moment. I say smash both physically as well as politically. Given the shit that we're in now, hmm. I don't think Newsom is literally, I don't think he's the worst option. And at the end of the night, yeah. on a, you know, a couple drinks deep, definitely not the worst option i don't like hearing this and i'm sure he could take me to french laundry never been there i could take you to french laundry laundry. now in fairness if i was tipsy Mm -hmm. he could get it yeah i mean i I mean that's only because i like a cocky white boy when i'm drunk So funny. I mean, look, beggars can't be choosers. I think we smash <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Over beggars here. can't be. Cho- you're not a. You're. You're our neither a beggar nor a chooser. We our democracy is in a state. That's true, but uh, of begging and not choosing. At this point, I'm choosing and begging at the same time. I don't give a shit. Um, let Let's move on to Mr. Ron DeSantis. Gross. Oh <gasps> my god. I mean, obviously, the smash. I don't think this dude's had consensual sex ever. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, he looks like a f- like ten frat houses formed together to, yeah. to become the ultimate frat. Yes, yeah, yeah. He does have like the you know what is it? Uh, he's like a Voltron of uh, frat fuckboys. Yeah, but anyway, oh, yes. he, we we don't need to go over his uh, his laundry list of awful things he's done. But obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, let's see. I'm like, uh, he's friends with Sebastian Gorka, Milo Yiannopoulos, mm-hmm. and Steve Bannon. Uh-huh. He uh, enacted a 15-week abortion ban, mm-hmm. and it, which is being challenged currently. Um, he, the don't say gay bill. Don't say, him just letting COVID run rampant through his state. and you know, Lying it, about the numbers. Lying about the numbers. Him basically uh, forcing everyone to do, quote, herd immunity, which just meant more dead people. Uh, him denying science just so that he could uh, fucking suck up to Trump. Yep. Just sacrificing, just doing human sacrifice all day, every day. So that's hot for you. Yeah, that, like, I'm not going to lie. It's like anyone who's willing to kill their own people just so that they can <laughs> get power. What's not to love? Smash or pass? That was hard pass. (laughs) Hard pass. Fuck him. Fuck him. And but not fuck him. But don't fuck him. Yeah. Lori. Yeah, hard pass for me. But I would consider a smash ish Mm. if he employed me to flog him. Like if he employed the dominatrix. Yes. I would beat the shit out of him. (laughs) I would beat the shit out of him. Like, you ever seen the Players Club when she's beating those cops and making them say I'm black and I'm proud? Like that type of shit. Like, just say gay! Say gay! (laughs) Amazing. Yes. I can't top that, but I am going to pass and uh, leave Lori with that amazing Amazing image. image. Forcing him to say oh, gay. <laughs> Christy Nome is what? I'm sorry. Is, <laughs> like is an objective snack. Like she's gorgeous. She's got like I I don't know. I I don't. I actually, to be honest with you, she's not my type. Mm. Um, but 
I see that she is objectively pretty, I guess, in the Barbie sense of the word. Yeah. Um, definitely not my type politically. Um, she basically developed legislation in the wake of the Keystone XL pipeline protest that could that uh, was like anti-protest legislation mm -hmm. that allowed the state to sue protesters. Um, she fought the ACLU for years on it. She got rid of the concealed carry um, permit uh, requirement, hates gay marriage, hates gay people, hates masks, and hates um, anyone who doesn't call rape a blessing. Mm -hmm. mm. I, I, don't, I don't think she deserves me. I think I could do better at all. At all. You can do so much better. You yeah, so much I'm, a, I'm a pass, but Matt, um, you're trash. So I'm trash. Ah. Uh, I'm going to say smash, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with looks. What it has to do with is that I could imagine it being very easy to be in a relationship with her because as someone who has literally had has no imagination, uh. <laughs> Like the fact that she couldn't even imagine a scenario in which banning uh, abortion altogether would include a 10 year old girl. Right, right. The fact is, is that she would think I'm some sort of like sorcerer with my imagination <laughs> is alone. Because you're a Jew? Uh, well, she definitely, be because like, I'm a Jew, wow. she would think I'm a sorcerer. Just that <laughs> on that alone, she'd be like, oh, you all wizards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I heard y'all was magic. Um, <laughs> but Not I just, like the Negroes. It's also yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. But like a, a more sinister magic as opposed to the Negroes <laughs> who's a beautiful, like uh, a, bagger, a bagger Vance type magic. You're more uh, happy magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I feel like her lack of imagination would make her think that I'm a genius. And it would just be nice, you know, for someone to be like, I yep. think you're a genius. I mean, genius. See, uh, immediately. She wouldn't put it in air quotes. She would just be like, she would just wow. be like Matt is a genius. Matt is a genius. Lori, Chrissy Gnome. So um, I'm not sure why all Republican like politicians that are women are styled like MILF porn <laughs> yes. stars. Yes. Like, I know I'm going to get entire, entire like, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's fucking true. Yes. Like, I don't <laughs> understand it. And that's not attractive for me personally. Mm. It's not, I'm not really into like hot suburban mom look. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I consider myself to be a gilf, but that's not my personal style. <laughs> so um, I'm going to pass because I, I like, you know, I like my hotties to look more like NDRE than, um, than like Desperate Housewives. No, yeah. yes, exactly. And yeah. also to have way better politics. Like, oh, yeah. Know. Absolutely. Although I feel like some Desperate, some of the Housewives are kind of cool, right? I don't watch it, but I know some of them are. Are they all bad? I've never seen it, but some people really never like it. The, the, the... <laughs> it's the aesthetic. It's the, it's the aesthetic that's a no for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of them are very attractive. It's the styling. Yeah, that's it's, a no for me. Like I'm both jealous of their cut arms, and I'm also like that makes you inhuman. Like that that having that <laughs> much cut. Yeah, but it's the like, cut arms, but it's also the cut faces. Like they all go to the same plastic surgeon. Well, everything's dead. Nothing moves up yeah, there. So yeah, that's yeah, number one. Yeah. But anyway, and do you? I mean, I'm happy if you're happy. Totally. Hey, if you. But I'm makes not you happy feel. if you're like coerced into that, which yeah. you know, a lot of us are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. In, indeed. Um, anywho, um, fuck Clarence Thomas and uh, um, yes. 
Everyone and else about, mentioned to the sentient Tom that Tom Tom that runs my state because hard pass on him. Oh yeah, we have another. We have Tate Reeves up here. <laughs> Woo! Yes, see what I mean? Like he can't even get a new barber. He's had that same haircut. You can look up his pictures from when he went to college. He's had that same doofy smile. He really haircut. does look like a thumb. Oh my god, Paige see? created this Tell amazing. Ryan, he looks like a sentient fucking thumb. He looks like Bill Gates with a thyroid problem. <laughs> I've literally said, I've literally tweeted about it before. I'm like, shut the fuck up, you sentient thumb. <laughs> oh like, God, his name amazing. is actually John, Jonathan Tate Reeves III. Because, Jeez. of course, to be this obnoxious of a fuck, yeah. you have to be the third yeah, something. Yeah, that is, that is the most third time's a charm. inbred looking ass dude I've seen <laughs> in a long time. I mean, uh, like, definitely a, definitely a member of, like, the Confederate something-somethings of Mississippi. Hell yeah. She is oh, always yeah. at that kind of shit, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, we have a- to leave it there. This show has been long and wonderful, and oh, it's sorry. so no, good. No, no, good. no, no. It's wonderful, Lori. Uh, just the future me hates the current me right now because I have to edit it all. But thank you so much, <laughs> Lori Bertram Roberts. Everybody, follow their work, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you again. Come back very soon. Matt Lieb, What's up? thank you for being here. Everybody follow Matt Lieb at Matt Lieb on Twitter and at Matt Lieb jokes on Instagram where it matters more. If you follow me, I have a lot of great content. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, what. You like, got hella thirsty in the last little moment there. Um, listen, no, I got a Matt and I are going to be doing a little bonus episode for right. all of the patrons. Um, because they're yes, because Jordan Peterson is the worst and the most fragile. And we have to talk about how funny it is that he, that trans people trigger him so, so horribly. So um, and I want to read a few comments before we get the hell out of here. Sure. Tony D. Thank you for the super chat. Um, can the 80 likes match my two bucks? Ooh, look at this super chat challenge. Wow. Uh, Tony D then writes in later with a really, really nice super chat. Thank you so much. They came for me and no one was left to help me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tony's doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. You guys, uh, by the way, this show is 100% you you funded. 100% funded um, by you. And, and also it, this baby, 100% funded by you. <laughs> yeah. Help! Also, help us. We need jobs. Give up money. Give us money and work. we got a baby. Um, Pamela Paul, uh, on Pamela Paul's article, that awful op-ed, Camperman 5000, this is such a stretch that it lost all its elasticity. Yeah, oh. goddamn right. Hef, thank you for the super chat. Pretty soon we're going to be chanting, give me sodomy or give me death. Honestly, dude. As soon as I found out that sodomy includes mouth stuff, I was like, we should get to the streets <laughs> now. <laughs> I was like, Roe was overturned. I was like, oh, man, this sucks, you know? And then so are I you going to get to the streets? I'm getting to the streets. Are you street- going to bring your boy? We're going to bring my boys? Bro, if they tell me. Me and my bros pro-sodomy. If, if they are making lumming bums illegal. <laughs> I'm burning down the White House. <laughs> Just kidding. Having fun. On January 6th, Tony D says, I watched Veep Harris interviewed by uh, Kiki. 
I said it was tough listening to knowing to I I said it was tough listening to knowing TYT facts. Um, you mean Dana Bash? I don't know who she was interviewed, but she gave a horrible interview to Dana Bash. I don't um, know Kiki. Oh, Kiki is Gary Cooper. The clogged toilets in the White House resulted from Donnie trying to flush the whole country down the pipes. Oh, Tony D again. How many super chats? Is this different super chats? Why are you my savior? Tony D. Tony D. We got to name our kid Tony. Yeah. The D stands for delightful to have you as our patron. Tina Lulu Mac says, hey, you. Hey, Um, Mikey. Thank you for the super chat. I remember how ashamed I felt when W. Bush got elected. Somehow we have continued to sink lower. Why do Repubs only elect the ultra dumb? Because they are appealing. I don't think I think they are. They They like to elect puppets, but I think the people around them are actually pretty smart. Yeah, um, but there, the, it it appeals to it's an anti intellectual thing where it's like uh, you yeah. know, but they're all they're all rich and intellectual. They're all rich, but dumb. They, they are lying. Bush proved that. I mean, so did Trump. But yes, rich and dumb. Yeah. Beat Nick, thank you for the super chat. Fran, you are the best. No, you. Robert, thank you for the super chat. Face it, the science isn't there for Brave New World. None of the oligarchs can agree who would be Big Brother. So the Handmaid's Tale, it is. Uh, th- you know, Wait, that's is Tony just... D back? Is this in like is this in like a like Vietnamese currency or something, or is that three hundred dollars? I think that's a, is that that a fucking three hundred dollars super chat. Wow. Holy shit, Tony D. Tony D. The D stands for what I'm going to put in my mouth. Soon. I'm sorry, <laughs> I forget what podcast I'm doing sometimes, and I think I'm doing the one that I do. Because <laughs> once you hit three hundred dollars. I usually you're gonna I do you're, sexual you're, favors. You're gonna do sexual favors for Tony. <laughs> Let's do it now before it's illegal. Will the White House give TYT a press pass? No, they probably won't. No. But they won't revoke any of the right wingers who Trump gave press passes. No, to. because that would be undemocratic. Thirty-three monkey butt thirty-three. Thank you for the super chat. And with that, this is the fart song. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of the patrons at 10 bucks or more that gets you this shout out. Um, yeah. Trace, Trace Anza or Trace Anza. Thank you Trace. so much. Trace. Shane Thomas. Thank you so much. Thomas Tankin. Um, Big Tippers. I don't think we have any, but if I've missed you, I apologize. I was rushing to get through to this show, but I will shout you out next time. Tony B. Oh, sorry, Tony D. Um, Maximino Diaz is a big tipper. And I believe Ryan Tom no Ryan Thomas, big tipper. Thank you so much, Ryan. You're so sweet. Love you, Ryan. Um and to all the Twitch subs, Hunger Games 1989, Calm Like a Bomb, Adam DeBomb, Depressed Progressive, Frank Morningtree, New Rock Shirt, thank you for gifting a sub, Aussie Plant Dragon, N Hexed Incubus 141, Ladybug Dragon, Late Bloomer 66, Vowel Movement, Carefree 50 Tree, and thank you, Hunger Games, for your your six months. With six months, I'm ready to burn some shit to the ground. My family always said I was a kid who was way too fascinated by flames and fire. Fuck the police, fuck SCOTUS, and anyone who supports them in the reversal of Roe. Not that I advocate violence, but we at least have to be militant. I mean, and if violence is wrong, then 
why are there lifetime appointments for <laughs> the Supreme, the Supreme Court? Because that gives you only one choice. Thank you, Tony it? Rizzo. And thank you, uh, I Me Music, for your super chats during the fart song. You're not too late. And we will see you guys in the bonus episode and also next week. And remember, in August, we are going to Tuesdays. Take care, y'all. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't uh, uh, fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. Don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye.